Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Sasha Mornell. Could you take us behind the scenes? And maybe share a real life story about what it's been like over the last 10 years. Because I know that there are some folks who maybe have really kind of swallowed the Kool-Aid on the unicorn stories, the, <laughs> you know, Facebooks, the, you mentioned Airbnb, the Rent the Runway, other mega startup successes. And there's still a kind of romanticized mystique around the startup world. And those companies that you've mentioned, we are honored to be thought of with that company. Those startups all raise either hundreds of millions to billions of dollars. And I agree with you that there's a lot of romance around the tech startup world that you have an idea, you create a simple website or app or a platform, Instantly, the phone is ringing off the hook for venture capital to fund you. And within 15 minutes, you're now a unicorn or a billion-dollar value company. I've certainly found that the reality is much grittier. The signing up for something like this means that even though I'm the CEO and co-founder, it means that you do all jobs seven days a week. I don't want to say 24 hours a day, but you're always on call, if you will. And so you have to do a bit of everything. You've got to do finance, product design, hiring. You're dealing with HR, recruiting. You are trying to convince users and customers to come onto the platform, something that they've never done. It seems like a good idea. But for a boat owner to try your platform, they may not believe that this is going to give them more business or they'll ask, well, what other customers do you have? So there's a lot of sales that you are trying to convince people as a disciple. And so many times, many startups also are not able to raise money unless it happens to be a quote unquote hot area of the market for venture capital. And so those are things behind the scenes that most people don't see about any type of startup. It could be tech, it could be manufacturing, whatever it may be. 
And you're always worried about making payroll. You're always worried about bringing people on to this journey with a high likelihood of failure. And I'll conclude this comment by saying, in the press, it looks like everyone's an overnight success story. And I always push back and say, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success story. So where is Get My Boat in this life cycle in terms of being a success? I know you partnered with and have an investment with Yenmar. You can explain what Yenmar is. And they've bought, what was it, 49% or 51% of Get My Boat recently? Could you kind of give us a state of play of where Get My Boat is? Sure. So about a year ago, a little more than a year ago, we were about eight or nine years in. We had a small investment from Yanmar. Yanmar is a massive Japanese conglomerate. They have a engine manufacturing division in the marine space. They are a private company out of Japan. They've been around for about 110 years, do about $10 billion in sales. So they made a small investment in us back in 2017, 2018 timeframe. My business partner and I have taken venture capital in previous startups that we've had and decided on this particular journey, we we're fortunate to have some resources. We didn't want to pursue that path. Can you say why? That's a whole other podcast. But in brief, venture capital comes with a lot of strings. And to be very succinct, venture capitalists job is to maximize the value of their investment. And they will do that any way possible. But everything else is secondary to that. My business partner and I believe in product. We believe in our employees, customer service, taking time to find a product market fit and not necessarily throwing money at growth. And so we just had a very different view based on our previous experience. And that was not a path that we wanted to take. So we had this strategic partner, Yamar, who made this, this investment. And then about 15 months ago, there was us and a few other competitors in the space. Some things started changing last summer, particularly one European competitor by the name of Click and Boat was acquired by a huge growth equity fund, Primera. And that really changed the dynamics of our marketplace where a super well-funded competitor was threatening to come into the United States. So we had to pivot from our strategy of just growing organically and slowly and started looking around to what's best for our future and what's best for the company. And that at that point included looking to some of the other companies that had been interested in acquiring us. So that process, and you talked in the espresso shots about how busy we have been for the last 17 or 18 months. That process is a very intense process. And it turned out that EMR was interested in acquiring a majority stake in Get My Boat. They knew us very well. They knew me very well. We had a good working relationship over the last four to five years. They are a manufacturing company, but had interest in the tech space and learning about technology. And it turned out that that was, as, as the saying goes, was a, an offer that we couldn't refuse. And so fast forward to where we are today, Yanmar is uh, the majority shareholder. They own a majority stake in the company. And 
we couldn't be happier with the partnership and relationship as it stands today. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Oh,